everybody, and welcome to Say Report Junior. I am your one of your hosts, Dale Decker. And I am your other host, Zach Sarowick. That was probably the cleanest opening we have oh, had, man. I had since I took a, we started. I had like a panic <laughs> moment. There was like a part of me that was like, what, do, what can I do right now to derail this? And I was like, you know what? It's been two weeks. I can't do anything. Like, yeah, I was. There was a point too where I was like, "Should I make this weird? Should I make it a weird <laughs> opening, or should I just, you know, keep oh, calm?" Oh God, and we're the worst. Keep we're the worst. <laughs> All it's we want to okay. do is derail each other. <laughs> it's fine. Oh that's, man, you know that's that's how friendships are made. I feel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how most of mine were made, anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. I mean, we we shouldn't take give away the guys or anything, but or take we take away outside of this podcast. Take a, take away the magic of of it, but I feel like we haven't talked in a long time. Like we've text texted. I mean, that's basically yeah. Like, that's really, this is our this is our vocal part of our yes, conver- of yes, our friendship. Exactly. Everything else is like every <laughs> other like everyone else under thirty right now. All of our mess- our entire friendship exists through text messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty much. But actually, that's a good segue Ooh. because I recently spent some time in a place that is trying to give you a certain <laughs> sense of magic and friendship, but is in the background exhausting mm-hmm. and. Made me want to melt. Um, so, just recently, uh, the whole reason that we had our two-part E3 episode is I just recently spent the week in Orlando for a work conference where we sat in a hotel room, bouncing between two different ballrooms um, every hour for different, you know, panel discussion mm-hmm. things uh, for like eight hours at a time. <laughs> oh, with with lunch in the middle, but I mean, it really was like we sat down for an hour. We talked about a thing and then got up and went to another room and did the same thing. Did they um, give you lunch or did you have to go buy lunch? Uh, they gave us lunch. Okay. They gave us lunch. They, right. they yeah, very nicely put together. I, I will say, I mean, for all of them, as much as I'll laugh at my company for this, they do treat it. They treat us very well. Uh, but they did spend the entire week basically trying to pretend like we were somehow equal to the Disney company. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. Which starts with, <laughs> which starts with. So anybody who's never been to Disney World or Disneyland, uh, there's one very basic conceit you have to make with literally every attraction and ride, and that there is a story to everything. <laughs> um, every roller coaster, every sit-down ride, every show obviously has a story. Like um, the great movie ride in Hollywood yeah. Studios, halfway through that thing, like aliens attack, yeah, and something like your, that. Your host gets ripped off of the thing, and mm-hmm. Uh, someone, some, someone jumps on. Someone bad, some villain from some movie jumps on and is like steals your cart, quote unquote, on mm-hmm. its prearranged course. Um, <laughs> so, so everything has a story. So we go to this convention, and they've got this in this nice big ballroom, nice beautiful screens. Looks like it looked like it was better put together than the E3 press conference, <laughs> the EA press I, conference. I knew you were gonna say that. I here's knew that's what it was coming. Here's the thing. I also want to tell you that it looks like they spent more money on their opening PowerPoint presentation than Square Enix paid on paid for the 20-minute trailer That's video. Uh, but great. we sit down. They play this great, this great, you know, this great opening thing. Welcome to the conference. Hey, everybody. Our theme this week is homecoming because, you know, we work with colleges. And then for uh, what I would describe as amateur actors okay. come into the room. As the homecoming committee. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh the, prin- the principal, the gym teacher, um, I think one was just supposed to be a generic professor, and I don't know who the fourth woman was supposed to be. She was just bubbly woman. Oh That's all God. I know about her. I don't know what character she was, she was supposed to be, like secretary or spirit or something. She was yeah. the spirit of homecoming. Yeah. Now, now, and I will say this. So, again, <laughs> first off, think about every, every – stereotypical version of those characters I just described. That's uh-huh. what these were. That's what these, like the professor had big goofy glasses and bumbled around all week and the, the gym teacher wait, woman wait, was way hypersexualized. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. They, they were those characters all week? It uh, wasn't yeah, like a one every, and done? No, they showed up every morning. Oh my God. And every afternoon. Oh my God. And then in between stuff, they were walking around. Oh. I hope they were paid well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, because that's they dedication. Were, I mean, here's the thing. So I call them amateur actors. They probably do this all the time, and I have to say, like, they were fantastically goofy. Like, that was the cheesiest thing they ever could yeah. have done. Yeah. And, God, I just hope they were paid well, because I cannot believe they got them to do this for, like, three days straight. Jeez. But they, they were great. That's crazy. So that's that, great. That, was the, that was how this thing opened. Then uh, one of the nights they took us into – they actually got us in, into Epcot – which was really nice of them. Um, they did the whole thing where uh, nice. they snuck us in the backstage area to get into Epcot, where it was like, oh, don't take pictures. You'll ruin the magic for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but sneak us in through the back, go into one of their little conference rooms, things. Again, major, major setup, buffet, all very nice. Nice. Did some awards, did some, you know, did some speeches, all very corporate, lovey-dovey, hey, we're such a great company thing. Did you get an award? I did not. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There is. Oh, God. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it now. Oh, God. So there is an award that they give out. I'm not going to say. The name is very funny, but I'm not going to say it. (laughs) I don't want to make fun of my company the whole time. That just seems rude. But the guy that this thing, that this award is named after was there. And it's nice. like him and like he he I for I have no idea why they decided to name this award after him, but I think it's the like oh the grand managers who go above and beyond get this award every few years, and like his two sons still work for the company and all this stuff. Oh wow! So he comes out, escorted by Mickey. <laughs> Mickey Mouse comes out with him. Old guy kind of be in his nineties, wearing the the standard old guy in Florida outfit of a pink polo and bright white pants. Oh, and then comes out on stage and he says, they told me I can't talk very long because, uh, you know, we all want to get to dinner. So I won't be I won't take up too much of your time. As Winston Churchill once said, oh, God. a speech should be like a woman's skirt. Short enough to be. Short enough to be interesting, long enough to cover the important stuff. Oh, my God. And I turned to a friend of mine. Oh, my God. And we melted into our chairs because we could not believe we had just heard that said in front of a crowd full of 1,200 people. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's ridiculous. But, so that's how it opened. Oh, wow. Then. And everything just went. <laughs> they, went they did their speeches. Then we had dinner. Very nice. Wow. Open bars. Nice. Great. Well, there you go. They ate the booze. Um, and then. It's Disney. They should. The lights, the lights go down. 
and three people walk out on stage. And I realized what's about to happen until I got up and went to the bathroom. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, they're about to do some sort of Disney sketch because oh. nothing in Disney can happen. I think it's a rule at this point. Nothing can happen on Disney property without a skip. Oh, no. So, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so I go up into the bathroom. I'm not paying attention to anything. I have no idea what's going on. I walk into the bathroom. I come out again. And I realize what they're doing is the story of our company's founder matched up to the story of Walt Disney. Oh, my God. <laughs> Basically saying, look, we're 150 years what? old. No, Disney no. is 100 years old. We're like the same thing. It's like the same thing, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel I, dirty. What you're feeling is the entire night I had. And oh. so I go back to my table and I sit down and I turn to my friend again <clears> and I say, this thing ends in a freaking song. I'm running out the door screaming. <laughs> it's literally a beat after that. Music starts to swell. No! <laughs> oh. Oh, and they oh sing. my God. They sung a song. They sung a song. <gasps> they sung a song. I can't even. I don't know. It wasn't a, it wasn't a famous song. It was not. No, this was a specific. Like they wrote it for, for this, this conference. And, uh, or written for if you oh. have a work conference at Disney, we will put on this <laughs> sketch that compares you to Walt Disney and then sing this song afterwards. Like I could just as easily be like, see them being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Comcast wants to have a thing here. OK, yeah. Let's talk about how Comcast is <laughs> Disney World and sing a song about how they're. <laughs> how how produced was this? Like, were there dancers? How produced? I need oh, to know. It was the three people. It was the three people on stage. Again, these were, I'm assuming, Disney employees at this point mm. as actors. So so mm -hmm. good acting. Um, basic set, like a there was one, there was like Disney's writing, you know, drawing desk for yeah. who he draws Mickey. And then <clears> like a, basically like a chair and a lamp and a, and a hanging uh, coat rack, Jeez. basically on the other side of the stage. And yeah. Oh God. Wow. Wow. Oh. And then well, all of this, it's hundred degrees in 90% humidity. Oh. So, <laughs> wow. Well, so that was my, like, that was my whole week. That's fun. I, I, I mean, wow. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if I have a comment for that. You know that people in the audience loved it. You know that, oh, like, oh, there, yeah. were, there, oh, were there were people who were like, oh, my God, Disney. Oh, my God, our company. Oh, my God, it makes sense. <laughs> like, my favorite, favorite like, thing was that at a couple of the, you know, a couple <clears throat> of the conferences back at the hotel, like, in the middle of, like, oh, here's the guy. Here's, like, one of our CEOs or here's one of our digital digital. Uh, executives or all that as they're yeah. talking the the actors were coming out to interrupt clearly very staged but also our execs had no idea how to handle that situation nice, nice. I so it's wish, like i kind of wish our conference was streamed somehow oh my so god so i could watch it just to watch, just to watch like one of the, one of our our vice presidents of of like our are like clothing and and like stuff that's not textbooks like that vp yeah. is standing up on stage trying to talk about selling stuff and then this the the bubbly woman just comes out and is like giving her this whole really bad shtick on i i made this really cheesy looking hat with flowers taped to it and you should sell this in your store hey why don't you sell this in your store and the vp's looking at her like i don't if Boy. I was given a line, I don't know what it is oh because I need to God. get out of this situation right now. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, that sounds oh, like a fun God. week. It was, um, all in all, perfectly fun week, but oh, my God. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, oh, man. Wow. And then, of course, all of this was like bookended by massive amounts of driving and hours of airplane oh, yeah. rides. Yeah, that uh, sucks. But it did allow me to go to the movies a couple of times. Yay, movies! Uh, but before we get, yeah, before we get into the big movie stuff, because one of those movies I think we're going to talk about for like the whole back half of this episode. Yeah. Um, how have you been for two weeks? Um, I've been good. I uh, I finished. I think I think I mentioned that I started and I picked up um, Kirby Star Allies for the Switch mm-hmm. a while back. I finally finished it. Completed the whole the whole game. Beat it. Um, like the main story, you know. <clears throat> and oh my god, it was like it was the most fun I've had with a video game in a long time. Like, and the final boss felt like a final boss. Like, I, not to give too much away, but there are those. <clears throat> it like goes through the tiers of like there's like four tiers. It's like okay, so now what do I have to do? What do I have to do for this one? What do I have to do for the, like? It's just which mechanic? Which mechanic yes, do they want me to use exactly. for this and then switch out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very easy boss. Like, it's an easy game. Um, but it was just, it's beautiful. Like, the the battle, the animation of the final battle is is amazing. Um, and then, like, that, and in the game, like, I started tearing up because it's just, again, so beautiful how it's animated. And, like, Kirby is just so happy. And, like, it's just, oh, I want to play more. Like, <laughs> And Sounds like a beautiful, beautiful little ball of sunshine. And it's great. It is great. Now, I've never really played a Kirby game before. Like, really, like, dot. Like, I've played very small amounts of Kirby. This was the first Kirby game I completed to, like, the end. From memory. I could be wrong. Maybe, like, I'm forgetting something. Um, I know Devin and I played something together. I don't remember the name of it. I know it was a. Cur- <laughs> I know Devin and I played a co-op Kirby game together, um, but I don't think we ever finished it. I don't. I. I don't remember finishing it. Um, so that accomplishment felt really, really good. But and then I don't know if this is like the true for the rest of the games. But while the credits are rolling, um, villain like bad guys like villains start showing up. And then you compete against the allies that you have collected through the game to get the most points of killing the villains <laughs> during the whole credit scene. So it's like you still get to play. And I'm like, this is great. I lost, which sucked. Um, <laughs> you won the game, but you lost the credits. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost the credits. Um, I lost their computer. And, you know, that brings you down a peg. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's tough losing the end credits. Uh, battle of Kirby oh. Star Allies. But then, you know what is also cool is that um, once you finish it, once you uh, beat that the first, you know, it basically, you get two more areas open up within that main story. Um, but then you also get access to a boss rush and oh, you can geez. use, yeah, you can use any ally that you've collected in the game uh, plus, there are not you can use any ally that is available to you in the game. Plus, there are um, villains that are allies too. So, like King DDD, you can play as you can play as. Um, oh, why can't I think of the name? The Knight guy. Oh, why can't I think oh, of his Meta name? Oh, Meta Knight. Meta Knight. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I only know that from Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can play as Meta Knight. You can play as Marks, who I don't really know much about, but he's like a little pink guy with like a jester hat. Um, 
he has quickly become one of my favorites to play as in this boss rush mode. You can, but like, there's a whole bunch of villains like throughout the Kirby games that you can play as, as because you can friend them within the game as well. So there's that whole boss rush mode, but then you can, there's like a speed run mode where again you can you can play as any character from the game that the allies the villains you can play as Kirby the difference being is you're not playing as Kirby who has right. just taken the ability over in the speed run you're actually playing as the little ally so i did a speed run quote unquote a speed run it took me like an hour it was an hour complete completion um you basically play through the entire game um there's some things that are left out i don't remember specifically what was in it and what wasn't but it's pretty much you play through the entire game again (laughs) and you get (laughs) you get speed boosts you get health boosts and you get um attack boosts so you're not collecting anything special except for those really um and yeah so i played through as burdon who was just like this little aviating aviator looking bird and it was it was so cool because you like had you were able to still friend the the villains and i'm like this is amazing (laughs) and it was it was great and you it it felt like it was like the first time i ever really sped speed run did a speed run of something but it was cool that it was like part of the game it was built into the game and i'm like that more games should do this because the speedrunning community has grown huge. I don't know how big it was before, but since Devin has started doing these speedruns of, of Zelda and, and doing all that, like I have noticed it become huge. I mean, you have games done quick. You have the winter and the summer games done quick. Like It's, it's huge. So more games should incorporate a speedrun option at the end when you beat the game. And and people would love it. People would go crazy over it. I know I did for Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, so I definitely recommend that game. Go play Kirby Star Allies. It's super fun. It is the like I said, the most fun I've had with a video game in a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we're all we're all just trying to find something to play on the Switch right now. So Pretty that much, sounds like, perfect. Well, that was the thing. Like I uh, so I had Kirby. And then I also had Pokemon Quest, which I haven't really been playing Pokemon Quest that much. Um, every every now and then I will go in and see if there's a new Pokemon like in my base, and um, right. if I have time, I will just like run through some of the expeditions and you know whatever. But um, <clears throat> like it that and Kirby really made me fall back in love with my Switch. Like I keep saying that, and Kirby has given me enough things to focus on that it will bring me to, like, no doubt in my mind, it will bring me to uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And then I'll have that to occupy. Like, so I'm very happy that I picked up Kirby because, like I said, I I didn't touch my Switch at all until that game came out. (laughs) Like, I touched (laughs) it maybe, like... Uh, for that first week I had it and I'm like this this is boring I just wasted $300 <laughs> on a system that it just sucks <laughs> but you see know. for me I loved it the whole first year and then they've just it's been such kind of a slow second year for mm. because they, they spent so much of their 
first party currency yeah, exactly. trying to get people interested in that first year um but yeah. that's good that's good i'm glad that you found that you found that and it seems to be very yeah. joyful for oh, you oh yeah and yeah i was just trying to finish the boss rush mode again and it's like oh <laughs> it's difficult like i can't i'm almost got 100 percent on that on the game file that i have but this one boss rush mode i cannot get through but I will. I know I will. <laughs> I know I will because Marks is super broken. Um, <laughs> aside from that, I also went to a drone photography course. Um, like drone, yeah, drone piloting right. photography course. And that, that was, was really an cool. unexpected sentence that came out. Yeah, of I know. Here. Yeah, I know. It was, and I also kind of just threw it in there. Because uh, uh, I really, I don't have that much to talk about. It was basically what it sounds like. It was a drone photography course. We learned basically the basics basically the basics hey um grammar 101 by dale decker <laughs> um yeah so it was we didn't get to fly the drones or anything it was just sitting in a classroom well in like a conference hall and uh it was basically here are all the basics here are some apps that you should use if you're going to be flying a drone here's the way to use it for mapping here's a way to edit your photos to make them look way better than they're going to come out with your drone like so it was really <laughs> cool and i i want a drone now but they're so expensive <laughs> so that was it that was basically my week and then a bunch of movies a bunch like when i say a bunch of movies a bunch of movies i actually i <laughs> like ended up watching movies. a I ended up watching a bunch of movies <coughs> after the movies I watched. So, um, saw Ocean's 8. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to get into Ocean's yeah. 8 because it's – yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but what actually happened was because of Ocean's 8, I decided I wanted to rewatch the original uh, – I shouldn't say the original. I didn't watch the Rat Pack one, but the the three Soderbergh Ocean's movies. Yes. Um, which – Oh, so he, I was doubly <laughs> angered on the plane coming home because I sat down and t like the, the United flights have yeah. uh, direct TV on them. Yep. And so I sat down and I was like, oh, cool. The Oceans movies are on TNT just like running right now. I've uh -huh. got a three hour flight. That's two of those movies. And also, hey, look at that. Oceans 13 just ended and they're starting Oceans 11 again. This is perfect. <laughs> then I plug my headphones in. Oh, no. And all oh, I could hear yeah. was music. Yeah. I could not hear any dialogue. No. It was like, I have no idea. Like, if I sat there and I, like, forced the headphone jack into a certain angle and held it with my hand there, I could just kind of get real sound out of one of my headphones. Like, it was how bad this headphone jack was. That's bad. And I'm dealing with that because, again, I mean, these are movies I've seen before, so it wasn't the end of the world. It yeah. was two hours, whatever. And then... The plane goes to take off, and the screen goes blank and says, your free preview has ended. <laughs> Pay us money if you what? want to keep watching. No! But here's five Here's five movies that you can watch for free, but none of them are the TV channel that you were just watching. Oh, no. <laughs> what, were, what were the free movies, if I may uh, ask? It was like Wrinkle in Time, Black oh, Panther, oh, okay. Game Night, all the, all the recent stuff Did that they're sticking up. Did you watch Game Night? You should have watched. I didn't Game have Night. a lot of time, and because it was because of the headphone jack, like I didn't oh, want. Yep. That's not how I, I wanted that to be the, the first headphone. time I watched that movie. I got like so if, excited about Game Night, I completely forgot that you didn't have a <laughs> it working sounds, head. It, it does like I have heard nothing but great things about that movie. It's I want to so watch good. it, but I want to watch. I don't. You just cut out a little bit. Did I? Am I back? Yeah, yeah, you're back now. So what did you okay. say? Okay. Um, I, I, if I'm going to watch Game Night, I'm going to watch it, like, 
right. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, exactly. I I'll hear watch what it. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did eventually, when I got home, decided to watch them because, I mean, they're like, unfortunately, you have to rent them. They're not like streaming on Prime or anything. Yeah. But you can rent them for like three bucks a pop. So decided to watch those, and I had never seen Ocean's 12 before. I actually oh. liked it more than I thought I would, Yeah. Um, mostly because I think we're years and years removed from that movie getting a bunch of crap. Um, yeah, no. I, although the Julia Roberts scene is awkward. I will say that. It could have been better, but it was not oh, like I it didn't the break Julia the movie for me. I love the Julia Roberts scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think it works. Like I think it works. I think it, it it makes sense in that movie where they're just like we need, <clears throat> oh we need someone who looks like a famous person to do this thing, and it's either they spend the movie setting that up with a fake celebrity, or you just take Julia Roberts and say hey you're pretending you're Julia Roberts now. Like I mean, it's one. It's really the only two ways to write that scene anyway. It is something so. that I have that I. <laughs> I've always wanted to happen in movies, and I mean, I had never seen Ocean's 12 uh, since, like, maybe two months ago, and it was something that I've always been like, oh, it'd be so funny if, like, they just made a joke, like, about Zac Efron or something, being like, hey, you look, like, you look really familiar, like, have I seen you in, like, a song, like, how, do you sing? Like, it would be super, like, <laughs> I don't know, those are the things that I want in movies, and then it happened, and then Bruce Willis is there, and he's like, yeah, see, I didn't know Julia? that about that scene. I had no idea that there was another celebrity in that scene yeah, the whole time. Neither did I. And that does that works so well mm -hmm. of just like, oh yeah, no, other famous person that knows this famous person. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. It was great. <laughs> also, ever since I watched that movie, Fabergé eggs are everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh man, that uh, It's crazy. So, <laughs> so watched uh, watched all of those still still pretty much hold up i think when we get into the talk about oceans eight there's a couple of things i think translate i i, I think don't hold up but i want to talk about them in context of oceans eight but before all of that i after six hours on planes <laughs> and knowing that i had a three-hour drive home i didn't drive the three hours home i waited two hours for a showing of will you be my neighbor <laughs> instead that's okay the mr rogers <laughs> documentary so I got home at like three o'clock on Friday morning oh, instead of at night because I was like, yeah, because I was wow. like, I'm I so exhausted. See this. Yeah, I was like, I'm so exhausted. I need something to keep me going. You know what'll make me feel better? Just a feel-good <laughs> two-hour documentary about Mr. Rogers and the fact that he was just a nice dude. Oh, it's so sweet. Is and it? It's such a nice. <sighs> Good. It is, and like, <clears throat> I'm sure that there are people that are going to watch it and be like, oh my God, it, it it's it's just such a a poppy feel-good documentary it doesn't yeah. give you any deep dark secrets but they try really hard to explain to you it's because there aren't any deep yeah. dark secrets yeah. <laughs> like it's very much an emphasis of like this is who he was this was not a sham this was not he wasn't scamming people yeah. he wasn't hiding from some deep dark past he was just a you know he was really a nice guy who got guy. ordained and you know he was he, he wanted to help kids and he, you know, struggled like they, they talk about the fact that he struggled to be an open person in real life. And that's why he had puppets and a kid show where he could talk about his feelings because that was Aww. like his way of dealing with that. Yeah, yeah it's all very sweet. And, and they get into other, you know, other things. There was um, the uh, the male, not the mailman, the cop. Yeah. Uh, and that Clemens is, you know, it was such a huge thing that in the 60s he had a black man on screen. Yeah, exactly. The actor was also gay mm -hmm. and got 
spotted at a gay nightclub one night and he like Fred Rogers had to come to him and be like, you can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because, because PBS won't let us keep you if you do that. So like, and oh, wow. they talk about the fact that it took him, you know, years to get okay with, with this guy's homosexuality. And so it's like, it's not, they never, they never try to say that he's a perfect dude. Yeah. They just try to be like, but he was, he was very, he was nice. He was the guy on TV. Yeah. You don't have to feel bad liking Mr. Rogers, basically. <laughs> and it was just such a nice, like, warming thing to be like, oh, perfect. Nice. Now I'm going to go drive home through the middle of the night. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there you go. I love living in the desert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, That's great. all of that is said and done. I also saw Ocean's 8 right before my flight because uh, I had to stay at a hotel the night before because I had an early flight, which yep. is annoying. So I got to see Ocean's 8. And I know you saw Ocean's 8. I did. And I know that we've been waiting for a long time to talk about uh-huh. Ocean's 8. So uh-huh. I've seen it let's twice. Start with, <laughs> oh, of course you have. So let's start with you gushing about Ocean's 8 because uh... you're going to explode if I don't tell <laughs> Jeez. Like, it was, it was so good. I'm so happy that it worked and that, like, because – People, they were so annoyed. They were so like, "Oh, it's not gonna work." Blah blah blah. It's just, just, just. It's just, and we, and we're coming from like the, the, I don't know, the back end or whatever of all these other reboots that are coming out, like that are all female and and doing all that. And so I feel like it was getting all the shit put on it, and it's like, but no, like it's so much more than that. It's it 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 just. The good thing is, is that it's a sequel, okay? That's where I'm going right. to start with this. That is where it's not trying to remake the wheel. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. It is literally like we we still exist in this world. And uh, we're in just going to... In we're the best gonna, way possible, In the too. best way, yes, exactly. <laughs> in the best joke like, running through it of just, here's a picture of George Clooney that we're just going to be like... Is he dead? Is he dead? Yeah. Is he? Maybe. Me- hmm? yeah. No one yeah. freaking knows. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's just like, it. I'm so happy that it was a sequel and not a reboot. Like, we can talk about Ghostbusters all we want. If people, like, it's not a great movie. Like, it's not a great Ghostbusters movie, whatever. I still enjoy it, but I understand why people hate it because it was basically trying to do this thing that you can't do really do with these iconic films like you can't like it's different you can but it's but it's a hard need, needle to thread it's it is a, a hard yeah, needle to thread especially <laughs> like not to be this person but especially when you're trying to remake a reboot ghostbusters with an all-female cast and one of the strongest people strongest performances is from a male because Chris Hemsworth is fantastic in that movie. <laughs> and it's like, that's... I like that movie. Um, Kay McKinnon is also fantastic in that movie, too. So, like, I rewatch Ghostbusters 2015, Answer the Call, basically <laughs> because of Chris Hemsworth and Kate McKinnon. And it's like, huh. Oh, that's, that's kind of sad. <laughs> but this this was and and they really made a point with that one scene of where you know i shouldn't have to spoiler. say it I, oh, exactly sorry. yeah spoiler i shouldn't alert. have to say Obviously, it anymore we've already made the joke about george clooney but yes exactly. this is going to be a very spoiler heavy like, thing because we're going to talk about some things with this movie that i love exactly. but we'll spoil the movie so Ugh. it's it's perfect too because it wasn't it didn't make the fact that they are women the 
the forefront of the movie, if that makes sense. It was just, we're women. We're doing this. We're a group of women. And they explain why. And it's great. That explanation of of, of Debbie talking to Lou going and Lou's like, what about him? He's great at this. He's a great hacker. And she's like, no, he's a him. I don't want a him. (laughs) And then Lou is like, well, is it because he's a him or is it because he's a him? And she goes, no, hims get noticed, herds get ignored. And right now we want to get ignored. Like, right. It took the idea oh. of it took the idea of how we look at and treat women in our society and went, you know what that means? It would be really fucking easy for them exactly. to rob you because you don't treat women well enough. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's it's just like, yeah, and we're badass. Like we're still badass. We can still <laughs> like it just I I'm all for girl power. But like when it's right there in your face and like punching you in the face with it. You gotta like, you gotta let people enjoy it. <laughs> you know, that's when you get the hate. That is when you, when you just listen. We're here. We're a group of females. We're a group of badass females who are about to rob this place. That's when you get the acceptance. Unfortunately, like, I don't know. Like that might just made me sound like a jerk, but if you're well, gonna, well, if I you're think gonna, there's s- a difference between. I also think there's a difference between. We talked about this with um, Overboard. There's a difference mm-hmm. between trying to re, like doing a sequel or remake or reboot or whatever from the Oceans franchise, which was big when it came out, but is also just like kind of just part of movies now, yeah. and that's it. Like people don't go to bat to like people don't go to bat to be huge fans of the Oceans Eleven Steven Soderbergh movies. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They enjoy them when they're on TV, but they don't like go out of their way to make like huge like no one's cosplaying as Danny Ocean at a comic. Now I'm gonna. <laughs> or <dedication. laughs> but um yeah but 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 they will for the ghostbusters and exactly. so it's like you're talking about a very different set of mm-hmm. of fans you're working mm-hmm. with and things you can kind of work like you're, you're working in a different wheelhouse yeah i think with the but oceans it, versus like ghostbusters and oh stuff definitely like. yeah and it's just it's so cool that it really i don't know there there are those moments where like you have rihanna and you have aquafina whose characters' names are Nineball and Constance. Constance, yeah. Yes. So you have them, and it's like they aren't, quote-unquote, and I'm talking in society terms, they aren't (laughs) your typically, like, they don't dress like Debbie Ocean. They don't, you know, they aren't wearing the most makeup in the world, you know? And it's just like, but even at the end, like, they're dressed beautifully, so it's like, it's not the fact that they're women that is doing. Like, I don't know. It's like it just works. It just works. <laughs> it is, yes, it does. It absolutely does. It it's also like, so um, there are also little bits of pieces of story and little scenes and stuff that definitely call back to the Ocean, Ocean's Eleven specifically. Yes, yeah. Um, starting with you know the opening scene is her coming out of prison, which is, you know, very much like how Ocean's Eleven opens. Uh, But the one that made me laugh the most, so, you know, it's a big kind of joke about the Ocean's films that Brad Pitt is eating in basically every scene. Oh, yes. And and, in Ocean's 8, they're all eating every other scene, and they're eating garbage. That's what I I noticed when I was watching them. I was like, wait, they're all eating, like, they're eating Chinese food, then they're eating Subway, then Mm -hmm. they're eating... They're like in a hot dog, like yeah. midnight hot dog place. Like there is not a scene. The the one time that you have someone eating like 
traditionally female high posh low calorie food is when is when Daphne eats the soup and it makes her puke because they put the stuff in it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like it's it's that thing of I'm trying to like think of how to get this out without just being word barf. It's this subtlety, but it's also like, yeah, women don't have to be perfect. Like get that out of your goddamn head. Like (laughs) we can be awesome and badass and eat pancakes every day if we fucking want. You know? Like it's just I don't know. It's just like and they have this confidence that is just oh it's so good. I Yes. And oh my God. So one of the art one of the the criticisms articles that kept coming out after this came out and it that made me so freaking mad is that everything goes according to plan in this movie in a way that is so it's perfect. And it's and it's again because the audience doesn't know what's happening, it pulls you through the whole time. Exactly. But that's never a thing. But but everybody's like, oh, but a bunch of women working together. Why aren't they all mad at each other? Oh, this one's trying to screw yeah. her ex-boyfriend. Why isn't that more of a thing? Dude, I just watched three movies of emotional dudes stealing stuff exactly. because they're sad. Yep. Like Ocean's Eleven is all about Danny Ocean trying to screw over his ex-wife's exactly. new boyfriend. And exactly. Like, and also, Ocean's Eleven specifically – Every single th- part of that movie is is crafted. There isn't a single thing yeah. in that movie that goes quote unquote wrong. Wrong. No. <laughs> like... But it's also people who are saying that clearly did not watch the movie at all because no. she was in prison. She explains that she had all of this time. She had five years. What is it? Five years. Um, Three of them in solitary because she got sick of people. Exactly. <laughs> it was like I, I don't remember the na- the numbers. I think it's five five years, oh, thirteen days, exact- uh, thirteen months and eight days or something. And it's like, yeah, if you're stuck in prison that long, you're gonna have a flawless plan. You're gonna also- know every twist and turn. Also, this is what you do. This is basically her job. It's also technically not a flawless plan because Daphne figures it out. Exactly. (laughs) Anne Hathaway's character comes in and has already clearly had a conversation with Debbie and Lou at some Mm -hmm. point that we didn't see. But they do explain that she figured out what they were doing. They had that conversation because she figured it out. So it was not a flawless, perfect plan because Mm -hmm. they weren't expecting her to be as smart as she is. Exactly. Yeah, no. (laughs) And and then she's like, yeah, I'm not that dumb. Like, clearly. She also also says that she's doing this because she just really needed friends. And I love that idea. Yep. Yep. It's like, yeah, Yeah. I'm almost 30. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was it? It was also cool because, like, no, no, this wasn't cool. I want to get back to this before okay. I go into the other cool stuff. Because this was one thing about it that pissed me off. And it wasn't even about the movie. It was about the marketing for the movie. Okay. In that, the trailers and the promo pictures and all this freaking marketing shows the scene at the end where they're in the subway and Anne Hathaway is standing with You're them. You're right. See in my head because again I don't I don't watch a lot of I don't watch a lot of trailers like I knew I, I might have watched the original one when mm-hmm. it came out and and I had seen that photo because yeah. that was like the first marketing photo they put out yeah so in my head that was not a scene in the movie that was a marketing photo that they were like doing a photo That's shoot that they started too. that was all in my head and I just ignored anything else that would tell yeah. me otherwise. That's so, what I so thought I, too. I went into this movie having no idea that she was not part of the plan mm-hmm. until the very end. As far as I was, as far as I knew, she was part of it the whole time. Nope. Yeah. So the fact that they were just like, "Oh no, 
she had she just figured it out and they had to improvise at the end of that was great it's like oh okay perfect okay this is good i thought the same thing i was like oh okay it's just marketing obviously anne hathaway is in this movie whatever she's part of the the ploy but then i saw the trailer where she's daphne and they're going through and they're like we're gonna steal this off of her blah 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 and Mm -hmm. then the trailer ends with that subway so it it's put into a different context. It's like, absolutely. God damn. Like Devin, I remember when I f- figured it out, Devin like covered his ears and closed his <laughs> eyes and everything so that he couldn't, wouldn't see a trailer. And I was like late to the draw. So I'm like, I'm already watching right. it. Like I already hear this stuff. And then it happens. And I lean over to him. I'm like, I am envious that you were able to cover <laughs> your eyes and ears because I am so upset right now. And then I wrote in my phone as a note, and I'm like, Ocean's 8 prediction, Anne Hathaway is in on it the whole time. Which I wasn't right, and I wasn't wrong, but the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, she's she's definitely in on it. Like, she can't not be in on it somehow. And, yeah, so. No, but I, I love the fact that, like, her, her position in that movie is to be, I mean, she's the celebrity, so she is, like, yeah. exactly placed as the person who is how who is supposedly how women are seen in our society like she first off perfect casting of Anne Hathaway when oh, Anne Hathaway yeah. was both was in Dark Knight Rises and then Les Mis I actually clearly remember people who just for no reason at all decided they hated Anne Hathaway because really? she was everywhere and she was perfect and she could do no wrong and it's like okay well what you're experiencing is that you just hate her because she's a successful woman, I guess, is your problem. Because <laughs> we all remember Princess Diaries. Oh, we yeah. all love Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Anne Hathaway is adorable. And I've loved everything. I've, I've never seen Anne Hathaway do a bad job. I've, yeah, no. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, Princess Diaries 2 is a whole other thing, but she hey, was good in it. Hey, <laughs> hey, Princess Diaries 2 is fantastic! Uh, but but I think, but I, I thought that no, she was a perfect but... casting choice for like, oh, this is a this is what a classical female celebrity is these days yeah. is is Anne Hathaway. Like she perfectly personifies that. And so, you know, through the whole movie, she's concerned about what she looks like mm-hmm. and she's concerned about how she's going to be seen. And she's really cocky about knowing all of the jewels and everything. But you know what? And then it's, and then she walks in and she's just like, yeah. And I, I own that. I own yeah. that because that is who I am. And yeah. I'm a badass because of it. Mm-hmm. She but never, like... she never actually has to apologize yeah. for that. All she wants is friends. Otherwise she never says that, like she never hates her life. No. She just is lonely. Yeah, exactly. Like she never has a problem with the way she lives her life, which I think is also like really, really cool that they don't all of a sudden decide to be like, like make her like super sympathetic mm-hmm. in any way. You know what I like though too is that so she is she is like that you know <clears throat> showing off like I I oh I've definitely worn the uh, trousseau and everything like I've 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 he- well oh, I just punched my mic um, <laughs> like sh- showing off when she's showing off the jewels and blah blah blah. But it's like there's that moment in the beginning where they're at that little press conference or whatever. And she's wearing, I don't know, she's wearing like a mini dress, like a mini mouse dress. Yeah. And for, for you know, lesser, you know, there are better ways of describing it. Really not. But anyway. But I mean, someone, red, red but, and poofy. A red but, poofy dress of some kind. Exactly. Yes. But there is that moment where a reporter is like, who's dressing you for the Met Gala? And she was like, I don't know yet, but, you know, it's fine. Like, I, 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 you know, I'm going through. And then she was like, no, but who's dressing you? 
And then she gets like that stern moment where she's like, I don't know yet. Yeah. Stop hounding me. Like, I'm and not, she just takes I'm not fucking control. lying to you. Exactly. I'm not like a two-facing you or anything. And the, the, the way she takes control of that situation and the <laughs> way that like, the fact that she doesn't know who she's dressing her, who's dressing her kind of says two things about her her character in a way because a it could be like oh she just hasn't found the perfect person to dress her which is basically really it but it could also on some level be like i don't really care right she's too snobby I... to care actually exactly it. you know like right. i don't care i just know that i'm going to the Met gala and that you're pissing me off right now by asking these questions you know like and she just has that coolness to her when she answers it too. Like that scene, I freaking loved, and I'm sure a lot of people were like, "Wow, she's a bitch," and I'm like, "Right, but and it's she's me- I think it's perfectly crafted. So. <laughs> right, I think it's perfectly crafted to be read both ways. Exactly, it is perfectly yeah. crafted to be read both ways. Yeah, I. Oh man, but oh man, it was just it was really good because it's it's one of those like I said again, it's it has that you know girl power femininity without being hey look at us like we're feminists we're gonna do this like we're we're better than men blah 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 it's just it's like it's like it normalizes it in a way which is what yeah. needs to happen you just need to right this show... is a movie that treated the that treated it, its female cast as human beings in a way exactly. that were not was not trying to be exactly. like we're, we're taking over this all-male franchise, which, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who just watched those three movies, I can tell you, those are some real sausage-festive movies. Oh, yeah. Um, especially 13. 13 oh. gets rid of Julia Roberts and Catherine Zeta-Jones, who yep. showed up in, in Ocean's 12, and just has the one woman whose entire job is to basically get drugged by Matt Damon for, like, 20 minutes yeah. of that movie. Like, oh, my God, is it? Yeah. Ugh, it's a little bad, guys. It doesn't hold up after <laughs> 10 years. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, it just, and it was really, it was really nice. This is, and, and that scene where um, Debbie is looking in the, where Sandra Bullock, Debbie, if you don't know who the people playing are, Sandra Bullock De- plays Debbie, Debbie Ocean. Ocean. Yeah. Um, when she's looking in the mirror and she's getting ready <laughs> yeah. for the heist and she's like, <laughs> This we are not. She's like, first of all, I want to thank you. Whatever goes wrong to whatever goes, whatever happens tonight, I just want to thank you. And remember that we are not doing this for me. We are not doing this for you. Somewhere in the world, there's a little eight year old girl who dreams about being a criminal. We're oh, doing it God. for her. It was and so it's good. like, oh, like, <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Like, that was it. Like, like, like that was it. That was the oh. scene. That, that that said yes this was a this was a movie made for and with with women and powerful yes. women like that was the scene it's exactly. not the whole movie they just culminate in just one mm-hmm. five second scene in a perfectly given exactly. speech yep. um also um did you notice that basically every celebrity cameo was a woman that spoke yes. they, yep. they have some guys in the mm-hmm. background but the only ones that spoke were were women were women, women. yes yep <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> including, Katie, including Katie Holmes just randomly is at that table when she starts to throw up. I didn't recognize yeah! anyone else at that table. It's just Katie Holmes is just like, are you okay? And we're yep. like, wait, you're Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. What are you yeah, doing exactly. sitting at this table, Katie yep. Holmes? That was, that was the coolest part where it's like, oh. So that kind of brings in that Julia Roberts-esque part. Is like, yeah, we're celebrities, but we're in this movie. 
but we're playing celebrities in this fake world. Right. But we're still ourselves. Like, it was cool. So we- <laughs> it was a cool little, you want to say, you want to say like homages to the original. That, that's, that's arguably an homage. Having them. That's a good one. That's a good one. Actually, having Katie Holmes at that scene is one because um, when you meet Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, I didn't even notice this the first time I watched it. That's how bad I am. At noticing these things and was like 10 years ago uh the first time you meet brad pitt he's running the bet the uh the poker yep. the, the like under the table poker lessons but he's doing it with all, all team celebrities celebrities yep. which i didn't really click in my head but yeah. it's shane west topher grace uh holly marie combs from charmed who's the only woman mm-hmm. in that scene i will point out michael Sarah, um, is michael no um no. The, the guy from seventh heaven that i never remember the yep. name of and uh-huh. I think there's one other. But anyway, I was going like, to something... say Michael Sarah, but that's a different <laughs> movie. There is a different movie where Michael Sarah is playing himself and like being taught by some person something. Anyways, yeah. that was a sentence. But yeah, I just love <laughs> But I was just like, oh, okay. So that was their cute way of homaging to that. And mm. also, like, it makes way more sense because she's a celebrity at a friggin' gala event. She would be at this table. Yep. And also, she's a concerned human being because she's like, oh, God, you look <laughs> okay. like you're about to puke. <laughs> yeah, I I just, there were so many. You know what was also really nice thinking about it? You you mentioned the thing about uh, Brad Pitt always eating, right? Mm-hmm. That is That is quintessential. Like, if you know something about the Oceans movies, you know about that. You, well, at least you should know about that little trope. <laughs> and, I mean, there's other things. But that is a big, you know, part of the Oceans movies is that he is eating every second. Arguably, the if we have to do, if, you know, for context, Lou is arguably the Brad Pitt of the eight, of the Oceans eight women. And yes. Kate Blanchett, who, is, who plays Lou, is chewing gum the entire movie. <laughs> and it's like, this is beautiful. Because here's the thing about chewing gum. It can be a really ugly thing. <laughs> um, it's a, There's a reason why you don't chew gum in, like, public displays of, like, you, you don't chew gum when you're doing a presentation. You don't chew gum when you're in, at, like, an important thing. But, like, the fact that she's just chewing gum this entire time is, is, is marvelous to me. And the fact that Daphne Anne Hathaway chews gum in the same manner <laughs> is, like, just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for paying attention to that mise-en-scene. Thank you for writing that into the script. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was improv but, like, thank you for that being there because... I have a, I have a strong feeling that the, the <laughs> other writer had a lot to do with that because um, I, I looked this up because I was like, now I need to know who actually wrote and directed mm-hmm. this movie. So guy that directed this uh, is the guy that directed Pleasantville, actually. Okay. Um, and uh, a couple of other things, but actually not a lot, not a huge, huge thing, like 10 movies at the most and and if that and really like Pleasantville was like his first one mm-hmm. and that was the most memorable and then it was also written by him and a woman and I can guarantee you that that woman probably did a lot of like help with the stage and yeah. direction and stuff because this just like so many every scene of this movie just reads like mm-hmm. just reads like mm-hmm. okay like this is like it has a woman's touch to be simplistic about it but I was yeah. trying not to be no but, I, like, I get you I get what you're saying I mean, not not to throw shade on the guy that directed either. I'm sure he's also great in the cinematographer. I'm sure great, but I just feel like, I I just it this movie just does so well 
this idea of mm-hmm. it is a woman's movie about women without it, be, like you said, being without. in your face. Exactly. So, And it's just, it's, but that was also, if, if, it's also a way to connect, uh, you know, Daphne and Lou in a way, and Daphne to the, you know, to the whole heist, because it's like, oh, crap, like, the chewing gum, something's going to happen, something is going <laughs> to connect them. That's just old, that's like old script writing, like, it's not script writing 101 because it's not really used anymore. But like, but like classical. It is like writing. a classical. Like, if these right. two characters have something in common, you know that they're meeting up at some point. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether one is killing the other one, whether <laughs> one is you know hooking up with the other. Like something is happening between them, and it's not a thing that a lot of people notice anymore. In my opinion, like. It's not used, but it's a really nice little mechanic that can be used in screenwriting if you use it correctly, and they did. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, you have Lou, again, you have Lou, who is this tough, badass of a woman, and then you have Daphne, who is a badass, but it's like this underlying, because she kind of has to have that... Um, you know, air to her. She kind of has She's to. She's a much on. more understated yes, person. Yes, like yeah. you, she has to kind of wear that. You know, I'm a superstar mask. But the fact that she's still chewing gum, which, like I said, in society is ugly. Like it kind of holds on to that toughness of hers. And it's like this is beautiful. Thank you, thank you, Ocean's Eight. Thank you for <laughs> Ocean's Eight for existing. Uh. Um. You know, so when so when Ocean's <laughs> Nine comes out, which of the five extra characters do you think will show up? Because there's definitely fourteen people that okay. make this thing so, work. Okay, so yes, so I did want to talk about that. I have one more thing to talk about, but I want okay. I will I, I will talk about this first. Um. So yeah. So you were like, this is a backdoor like Ocean's Fourteen. This is secretly for Ocean's Fourteen because when you do the math, it actually takes them fourteen people to do this, starting but... with Rihanna's little sister. Who gets them the, the, the magnetizer thing? Yes. They bring in um, Yen from the mm-hmm. other movies as a nice little cameo. Which is and great. then they took four older women to go and sell the jewels. <laughs> who are all, I, I looked them up recently and already forgot them, and I apologize because the whole joke is that these are four very, you know, these are four classically feminist, powerful actors, and I don't remember their names whatsoever. They're all very powerful, like big, big name female celebrities from you know, the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. And so like, I was like, are you kidding me? It took them 14 people. It took them 14 people and no one's going to make that joke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, are you counting James Corden in that? I was not. Okay. So are you counting Anne Hath, uh, not Anne Hathaway. Are you counting Sandra Bullock in that? Yes. Cause there were seven of them and then Anne Hathaway made eight. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah. Rihanna's little sister. Um, the four old women, and I had this out right in my head because there was six extra people after the eight. So. Yeah, the four women and uh, Rihanna's little sister and Yen coming back. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. So that makes 14 if you do the math there. Yeah. Arguably, yes. James Corden as well. So here's the thing interesting that um, Devin kind of brought to my attention, but I kind of, like he said it and I was like, yeah, no, no crap. Like, yes, this is true. Um, if you do the math in the earlier movies, and if you do it in this one, Oceans is possessive. Ah, I see Hmm. what you mean. So, Danny and Debbie do not count when you count the characters. Okay. Okay? 
So <laughs> when you do that, when you take Debbie Ocean out, you have Lou. And I'm, this is just the eight. You have Lou. Right. You have Rose, who is... Um, um, uh, Helena Bottom Carter? Yes, that, yes. Yeah. You have um, Constance. You have Nineball. You have uh, Mindy's character's name, who I don't remember her name. Um, Same with Sarah Paulson. I don't remember Sarah Paulson. Sarah, Sarah Paulson's name was Tammy. Okay. So there's six right there. I'm forgetting someone. Um, uh, oh, Daphne. Okay. So there's your seven, right? Now that eighth one, you would think you would include Sandra Bullock, but you actually include Yen. Okay. Because without him, they lit- on right, the they don't night get the other jewels. on right. the night of the heist without Yen, uh, they don't get the other jewels. They don't pull off the whole heist. You are absolutely correct. So. And as well as uh, what you're saying, so then your extra characters, right? The four women at the auction, okay? You have, um, so there's our eight, hold on. So the four women at the auction, you have James mm-hmm. Corden, mm-hmm. okay? You have Nine Balls' little sister. Um, and I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of who else you would add. Um, well, if you are taking out Debbie and you're putting in Je- uh, James Corden, that makes up for the that loss. Yes, exactly. Else sort of gets, exactly. Yeah, so. so, so yeah. So there's your so there's your fourteen, right? Did I do that math right? Yeah. So eight. I think so. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. So yeah, you have those six extra people. So yeah, you make the fourteen, but those six extra people, they're not getting a cut of what that heist was. Yen is probably getting a cut. So that's another reason why you count him in the, the Ocean's 8. Right. You know? Absolutely. But, like, yes. James Corden can't get a cut, really, because their, their way of, like, giving him the cut of the heist is basically, like, we're going to get you this guy so that you fulfill your job as the insurance um, officer guy. Right. You know, like we're going to help you and you're going to help us by stepping away from our trail and putting this guy in jail who doesn't yeah. really need to be in jail because he didn't do anything. But still. But he did stuff the first time. Like we all. He like did stuff the first time. He was he a jerk stuff before And then framed her to exactly. go into prison. Yeah. Yeah. The four women don't aren't getting a cut. They're not getting that kind of cut. The thirty eight million or whatever. They're not that getting that getting cut. They're probably getting like fifty bucks, maybe a hundred dollars, but that's not. You don't <laughs> count that. And then Nine Ball's little sisters basically probably just, just has for that one scene. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so that is yeah, it's crazy, but it's also crazy that if you do count those six extra people, it's Ocean's fourteen. <laughs> it's. It's it's great. Uh, it's great love, both I ways. I love that idea that they were just like we. Oh yeah, we secretly had fourteen people involved exactly. here. Just to, just as a little dig. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But oh, I but I love man. that because yeah, you're watching you're watching as you know you have Debbie in there and it's like okay so it's not Ocean's Eight yet. Where's this eighth person? And then you have Yen show up and it's like of course Yen shows up. Yeah, I like that. He's, he's the, the one. Best. He's the one because. 
Yeah, I like that he's the one that shows up because, yes, he is the one to where help. arguably out of the rest of them has an actual skill set that can be utilized in more than one way. Exactly. Like everyone else is everyone else in those movies, like aside from like Dan, uh, Dan Cheadle. Is that Dan Cheadle? It's oh, my Don, God. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, wait, why is Dan in my head? Dan. Like he's a Danny he's Ocean. like their equipment. Yeah, probably. He's like their equipment expert. That's like big with mm-hmm. explosives and, and equipment and stuff like that. That could be used possibly. Yeah. And, and, and but really, like most of them are just con men. Yeah. And they're just kind of doing different cons the whole time. Yeah. So the idea that you bring back Yen of all of them, who's like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's it's a character that I think everybody who saw the originals would recognize, oh, but course. is not like, like, I'm so happy, I'm so happy that Danny didn't show up at the end of that movie. Oh, yeah, no. I am that's... so happy that when she Oof. sits down at the, in the morgue uh-huh. and looks at that thing, all she, she just toasts to him and that's it. Yeah. And there isn't, that, there I isn't like a perfect. thing where she's sitting there and then like he comes off mm-hmm. from the side, even like as has like one line off screen or something, yeah. nothing like that. Just boom, cut to black. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way they could have ended that. Yeah. Oh, agreed. And I, I want so badly there to be a, a nine and a 10, like so badly because here's the thing. Danny, Danny's alive. Danny's alive. I want Danny to be alive just so... It makes so. sense for him to it be just, alive. It just, it just, yeah, exactly. But I just want there that moment in Ocean's, eight, uh, Ocean's 10 to be like, what's up, Debbie? What's up, Deb? It's like, you fucking bastard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because that's the that thing. Moment. If he is alive, you don't bring him in until 10. Oh, you no. You don't bring him in for 9. No. Of course I not. Also really like, I also really like that with that whole third act... Mm-hmm. Being James Corden as the insurance person doing the investigation, you yeah. eliminate that possibility of a sequel. That could have been the sequel. Oh yeah. That could have oh. that, that that could have been the sequel, and it would have been okay, cool. But it's so connected to the mm. first one that it just feels like you're kind of rehashing stuff. All the like by doing what they did, they open up Ocean's Nine and Ten to be just their own thing. Exactly. Just more time with the characters. Exactly. Um, also, Absolutely. that whole James Corden thing, like it started, and I was like, where is this going? And it's it's so quick that resolution happened so quick so like a very that insurance that whole insurance fraud um bit bit of that movie could have been drawn out for so much longer and it's like 10 minutes and i love the fact that he he knows her i love the fact that he's not he's not a cop so he Mm -hmm. doesn't have the like weird he doesn't care conceit Right, he doesn't have the weird conceit that he has to arrest her. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. As an insurance person, and so you get this like this idea that like, oh, there's a history here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> just like, oh that, God, how's that... the... sorry to hear about your brother. How's mm-hmm. the family? How's yeah. things going? <laughs> I mean, they refer to him. Lou refers to him as he's basically family at this yeah. point. So <laughs> it's like, oh man, it's just levels upon levels, and it's just beautiful. It's just be- go see Ocean's Eight. I know we just spoiled it, but go see it. <laughs> go see uh. it. Oh. The other thing that I was going to say, I was trying to get this out earlier, but I couldn't, like, manifest the the words that I wanted to use. The other thing that it does really well, what I was trying to say was you have Rihanna and you have Aquafina, right? So you have Nineball and Constance, who, like I said, not your typical, like, not your typical, I don't know woman i guess i don't know you not, know they're not, not typically classically, dressed not classically like yeah, not not classically white thin yes, brunette women yes or blonde women exactly like yeah <laughs> you, have, you have them and they're you know they're dressed in baggy clothes and you know they're 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 comfortable they're two very comfortable characters in a lesser movie 
there would have been a scene where those two characters, when they, there's a, there's that beautiful, fantastic choreographed scene where Tammy walks in with all of their gowns, which we don't get to see the gowns until the very end. That's true. But she comes in, she walks in with the gowns, right? And they're all zipped up. They're in their, you know, tailored, you know, little, I don't, I don't know what you would call those, um, sheaths. <laughs> Dress, dress, <laughs> dress sheaths. Um, Are you talking about just the garment bags? That yeah, there we go. Garment bags. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't think of the word garment bags. But you have that scene, and every like people are very excited to get theirs. Aquafina, um, well, Constance is, I think she's just handed hers. And then Nine Ball gets hers, and she's like, whatever. Like, she does not give any shits that she was just handed probably a gorgeous looking gown. Right, a lesser movie would have had a scene where those two characters would have been bumbling around, not knowing what to do in a dress, or would have made them scoff at those dresses for like three scenes and then put them on at the end and be like, "Oh, actually, I'm hot and beautiful." Mm -hmm. And they don't. Yeah, you're right. They they don't don't do do that. that. It's just um, Nine Ball and Constance know that. For the sake of the heists, we have to look stunningly beautiful at the end of this. And you even have Constance being a waiter at the the Met Gala, and she's dressed in like a tuxedo, and she has her hair hidden. So it's not like, you know, (laughs) but she, at the end of the movie, she still looks kind of comfortable in that dress. She doesn't look as comfortable as the other ones. But she knows what she has to do in order to get this heist out, and she right. They don't make the idea it. of like like they right. they both rock their dresses and look gorgeous. At they don't the make end. the idea that being like dressing tomboyish regularly means exactly. that you don't get to dress feminine sometimes. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. A, and a, and a, like I said, and I I feel bad using the term lesser film, but it it, it really is, like that that's seen all the time. And it's like a really overdone, annoying trope at this point, for me at least. Because it's like, no, that's, no, that's not it. I don't wear heels every day of my life, but if you give me a pair of heels, I know how to walk in them. Like, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) It was good. It was great. Yes, it was an excellent film. I do hope they get more. I was just looking up um, box office numbers because I know it did really well. I was just curious. Yeah, so oh yeah. 70, 70 million dollar estimated budget, and it just passed a hundred million this third weekend. Yeah, so America in America, and mm-hmm. then also already has made like seventy million outside. Oh, it crushed so, it. In, in yeah, domestic, it's made one hundred and seventy yeah. million dollars already. It's made its money back. It's it's a great thing. Yeah. I just hope the fact that um, I know you didn't listen to the the. Uh, senior report yet this no, week. Not yet, no. <laughs> sister report. The sister report. The senior the sister, report. The sister senior week. report. But, um, but they did. They did talk about the fact that it just seems like nobody is talking about this movie, even though it's you know mm. just as big. I would actually say the same thing happened to Girls Trip with um, Jada Pinkett Smith and, yes. and Tiffany Haddish. And stuff. That was also another movie that made back its budget and blew it away and was like number one for two weeks and all of the stuff that came and went and. Mm-hmm just completely didn't get any coverage despite that fact um again how society views women so i I am hoping that the right people are paying attention to the fact that this is a money maker and go yes we're going to continue with this plan like clearly by going back to oceans h they clearly had a plan of eight nine Nine, ten yes and then and then doing something possibly 
you know, with Ocean's 14 going forward and bringing the two together yeah. or something. Yeah. Who knows? Would, but they at least clearly had a trilogy planned for these guys. Oh, so, I, I certainly so, hope so. Because, like I said, these characters, I, I fell in love with these characters. Just like I fell in love with the characters from Ocean's 11. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I'm interested and I'm, I'm hoping for that. Um, but that is probably going to be it for us this yeah. week. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad to be back talking stuff. Me too. Yes. Um, it's good. So if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Say Report Junior. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. It's iTunes. They call it <laughs> Apple Podcasts. It's iTunes. Yeah. Find us there. Um, rate us and bump us up whatever list that bumps us up i don't know i'm never gonna actually look into what that is i just know it's important um and yeah if you want to find us please uh again at say report junior on twitter i'm at zerwiski if you want to find me uh and and if if you want to find me i am at dale's brain and it is dale with a y d-a-y-l-e um if you don't put the y you're gonna follow some other person who apparently has the same exact twitter handle as me <laughs> and anyway very confused why are you talking i didn't even see ocean's eight what is going on <laughs> oh that'd be great <laughs> um but yeah so i hope you enjoyed the episode and yeah like like zach said you know you could shout out at us if you if you have anything to say tweet us tweet at us is that, how, is yeah. that the vernacular? Is that how you use that? I think so. Tweet sure. at us. <laughs> Twit at us. I don't know. Twit at us. Sounds, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That just sounds <laughs> if, it, if it was a YouTube video, it would be like, like and subscribe down at below. Smash that like Smash button. Smash that like button. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, oh. bye, everybody. Until next bye. week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.